0: choose me over and over again over and over again you keep running to me no matter where i am over and over again i get lost i must confess oh how quickly i forget but you keep on showing me i'm in love over and over again got a second chance is here to catch me every time told this hard of-
1: see a way I don't, and it makes no sense, but you say that's what faith is for, when I see a flood, you see, a promise, when I see a grave, you see a door,
0: so my heart
2: Good morning, New Hope Community Church. If we can make our way back to our seats this morning. How's everybody doing this morning? If you can a shout to our father and say thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing us to be here this morning and wake up, right? And then get here and give him praise and give him glory. Before we step into his presence, we're just going to enter into some praise and some prayer. So if we can all make our way back to our seats. Make our way back to our seat so we can give thanks to our Father this morning. Reminder, reminders, reminders. Every Monday night we have our celebrate recovery. This is for anybody with anything of hurt or habit. Anybody struggling with anything, this is for everyone, everyone, everyone. Also, reminder, we have our Wednesday night Bible study. This is for everybody who has questions about what's going on in our message today. So if you have any questions or answers, just want to talk, come to our Wednesday night Bible study that said, we can all stand and rise so that we can give our Father glory and honor. Lord, I thank you for this time together, Father, and I just thank you for this time, for us just to be here, be here, gathered together in one, giving you praise, Father. Father, thank you for your glory. Thank you for your grace upon our lives. their stresses, empty their pain, empty their hurts, empty their burdens, so that they can gain everything from you this morning, Lord, everything, everything, Father, fill them up with your grace and your power, Lord, show them your glory, show them the way, show them the path, show them your strength, and in Jesus' name we pray, Talk now, they can hear you. If you can use the hand L button. How
3: about this one? This is hell, but it worked. I can hear them. How about now? Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna get it together here. Got a mic that works, everything's working. So there's a scripture in the Bible where Jesus was talking to this woman at the well. And he said that it's the Father's will for us to worship him in spirit and in truth. And sometimes when we when we worship, people are reserved, they're, they're, they're drawn back. And so we all have a created value The Bible says that God knew you before the foundation was formed. So your created value was established before God even created the earth. And he created us to be vessels of praise and worship. And I could prove this to you because a lot of people say, I don't know how to be free. I don't know how to to worship. For a lot of us, it's difficult even to raise our hands. And I get it, I understand it. For a lot of us, it's difficult to even sing. I get that. I understand it. You know, you read about David. He danced until his clothes come off. He became very undignified because he didn't care. So here's a question that I have. Like, back in the day before we all come to Christ, and let's say you were at a wedding or whatever. Man, I'll bet you didn't have a hard time cutting a rug at the wedding. (laughs) And my question is, what happened? Like, when we get saved, like, what happens to us? Does all that cease? Does all that stop? And usually when I would go to a wedding before I got saved or from out and about at a club or whatever, I'm going to be drinking. And somehow, some way, that thing that I'm drinking, man, it just sets me free. So the Bible makes a provision for that. It says, be no longer drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And the thing is, is like... Seriously, man, I'm I'm tired of I'm tired of having church. When can we just flip the page and be the church? Now I wanna I wanna I wanna share something from the Word of God. Like, what was it three weeks ago I preached, I didn't understand the message God gave me. It was about the lukewarm church, and it's like I don't get it, God. The Holy Spirit's moving here, it's crazy, it's awesome, it's good. And then this morning God laid another scripture in my heart and he said, these people worship me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. And it's just lip service to God. And his desire is for us to worship him in spirit and in truth. Like back in the day before you got saved, guess what, man? You were sold out to the kingdom of darkness. And you danced and you shout and you were crazy. That's your created value. It's not supposed to change the day that you get saved. That's who God created you to be. There's one other thing that I really want you to get a hold of. I'm going to read you a scripture out of Ezekiel chapter 28. Now this is talking about God. The workmanship of thy tabrets, which is cymbals or tambourines. Thy workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes, which is wind instruments. The workmanship of thy tabrets and thy pipes was prepared in thee the day that thou wast created. That's God speaking about the angel that was in charge of worship. Now you want to know another reason why we have a problem with worship? Because the angel that he's talking about there was the morning star, Lucifer. He created worship to be birthed out of Lucifer before he fell. And what happened with Lucifer? He got filled with pride. I asked Clay this morning, I said, man, why do you think it is that people will not enter into worship? And he said, because they don't want to look like a fool. And I said, well, that's only one thing, that's pride. And it's like, man, Jesus was beat. He was nailed to a cross. He was naked. And I'm wondering if he wondered about looking like a fool. He who knew no sin became sin for us, and he paid the price for it for us. Man, if anybody had to look like a fool, it had to be him. So how much more should we not be worried about looking like a fool? Listen, I'm just asking you, drink of the spirit this morning. Whatever your comfort zone is, please step out of it. If that means, man, I've never raised my hands before, I encourage you, just lift your hands and surrender. When (laughs) When the cops pull you over... First thing you do, you raise your hands, you surrender. That's what God wants here this morning. When I say step out of your comfort zone, for some of you, that's going to be raising your hands. For some of you, it's going to be the first time that you dance this morning. For some of you, it's going to be the first time that you sang this morning. For some of you, God's going to give you the capacity and ability of looking at people that are still in that bondage. And God has called us to be bondage breakers. But it has to start with me. It has to start with you. If you want to be a chain breaker, let the chains fall off of you this morning. So let's worship God this morning in spirit and truth. Let's not let this just be another Sunday. Let's give him all that we have.
2: Our ushers, please come forward. Yourself, we thank you for that. So, as we get ready to take this offering, Father, allow us to see that you gave up your life for us, Father. So, why shouldn't we get
3: on there we go our willingness to step out of our comfort zone that's what it's all about so chris came up to me and uh she said god put something on her heart and she said she's definitely stepping out of her comfort zone no idea what it is but there you go Thank
4: thank you so um this morning god was really um putting this on my heart that when he comes back we know he's coming back soon right When he comes back, he's looking for lamps that are lit. And where do you get oil? Where do you get oil? You can't buy oil. You can't get it from your friend. You can't get it from Pastor Rick or Dan or anybody praying over you. You have to get your own oil, just like the 10 virgins at the end. Some of them didn't have enough oil to light their lamps and they didn't get to go with the bridegroom. We are the bride. We are the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. He is preparing us for when he comes back so that we can go with him and be his bride, his spotless bride. Let him purify you. You get oil from intimacy with Jesus. Go into the secret place as it says in Matthew. Shut your door. Go into your bedroom and shut the door. And have secret place time with Jesus. That's where we get oil. Our lamps will be lit. He will purify us. The Holy Spirit will send his purifying fire. We need to do this, each and every one, to prepare for when Jesus comes back. You don't want to be like the five virgins that didn't have enough oil and running around to everybody saying, Can I, can I have some of your oil? Can I have some of your oil? Can I have some of your oil? No. You can't get oil that way it comes from intimacy with jesus daily sacrifice of spending time with jesus setting aside time from watching tv playing video games working whatever you have to do i know we all have to work but we can get up earlier we can all set the clock earlier okay it's great to do it in the morning because that's giving god you first we're putting him first okay Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Put him first. Have that intimate time with Jesus. It will change your life dramatically, and when He comes back, you will have a lamp that is lit.
3: Well, Chris just took my message, so no, I'm serious. I'm serious that, you know, this morning it was about, it was about Jesus. Who is he and why we need him so much, and she just pretty much blew it out of the water, so I have no idea what we're going to do up here. Before we get started, I just want to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we all stand in agreement that the men from this mission team will make it home safe. Father, we pray that ministering spirits would be loose to stand guard around them, that there would be a hedge of protection around them, and they would make it home safe. Father, we give you the glory and honor for that. Father, I ask this morning, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you to lead me, guide me, direct me. I need you so I'm not angry at Chris. I need you. Father, give me the words to speak. I just give you the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. How y'all doing today? Uh, yeah. There's two books. If you're taking notes, I want you to write the name of these books down. Oh. Uh, Add it to your library if at all possible. We need to get copies. We need to have them in the back for sale or whatever. But two books that are very, very important in my opinion, and is, this is just the opinion of the short, fat, bald guy. Uh, the first one is called Fox's Books of Martyrs. Uh, it will definitely challenge your faith. Fox's Books Fox's Book of Martyrs, Uh, it'll mess you up. It'll stir your pot. It'll take you out of your comfort zone. And the second book is this one here. It's called Christ the Healer by F.F. Bosworth. Uh, As many of you know, I spent some time with uh, Papa Hagen, Kenneth Hagen, Sr., And he sat down with me one day, and he says, I carry this book more than I carry the Bible. And some people struggle with that, but until you read the book, you're really not going to understand why the importance of having this book in your possession, not on your bookshelf, in your possession at all times. Uh, This is a book that I had told Chris about, so... This is yours. Clay bought some, and he uh, he gave it, and I knew that it was a God thing because I knew I was supposed to give it to you, but I didn't know you were going to steal my message, so I, I don't know. There it is. Christian Christian actually signed it. Yeah, it's awesome. So I don't know what's on that page, but Christian signed it. Those two books are very important. Uh, You know, Christ the Healer, obviously, is about healing, and it's strictly about Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. So the Jesus that walked the earth back then is the same Jesus that we possess that we're called to transport no matter where we go. So if I go to pray for somebody for healing, it's not me. If you get healed, it's not my fault. It's the one that lives in me. The Apostle Paul says for me, (laughs) <laughs> for me to die is gain, for me to live is Christ, because he possessed Jesus Christ. He walked with Jesus Christ. Jesus lived on the inside of him. So no matter where he went, he escorted the presence of Jesus with him. One of the scriptures that God's put on my heart today, and it's kind of an extension of the last time that I that I was up here, and I couldn't quite understand why God would have me teach about the lukewarm church when we go to that church, and then he made it very apparent to me that Sundays are awesome, Sundays are powerful, but what does our life look like the other six days of the week, and a scripture that God gave me, and this message is kind of, it's kind of mixed, but it deals with faith, and so we all say that we have faith, We, we have a measure of faith, agree? My question to you this morning is what kind of faith do you have? He may look at me like, what are you talking about? Is your faith alive or is your faith dead? It's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So in the book of James, chapter 2, at the very end, it says, as the body without the spirit, another translation for spirit is breath. As a body is without breath, the body is dead. So faith without works is dead. We come here every Sunday, we hear some awesome messages. Pastor Rick puts out some very, very good stuff. And the last time I was up here, I said, you know, we take those messages and we put them on a shelf. And many of us here are very knowledgeable. Many of us here are very qualified to take the word of God and teach the word of God and preach the word of God. But if we're not doing anything with the word of God, then our faith is dead. There's a lot of people that I deal with Uh, Some go to this church, some don't go to church, and they just don't believe that healing is for today, that the gifts of the Spirit are for today. And, you know, my question is this. If Jesus is the same, Hebrews 13, 8, if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever, he never changes, my question is what's changed? At what point? Did healing stop? At what point was the baptism of the Holy Spirit done? If he's the same, the only thing left in this equation is me. If he didn't change, I must have changed, and my theology must have changed from the Word of God. If it is written, it's truth. And I think a lot of times... Because of life circumstances, situations that we've been through in life, uh, a lot of times we get crushed by what's happened in our past. And so we become born again, and we start this walk with Jesus, and the enemy will never stop. The enemy is always going to be in your ear, reminding you of your past, your hurt, your pain the things that you did wrong, the people that you have hurt, the people that abandoned you and the people that you have abandoned. There's not a day that passes by I don't wake up and here's the enemy speaking in my ear. Now I have a choice in that matter. What am I going to do with it? I hear it, but am I going to listen to it? There's a big difference. The enemy's just doing what he's good at, speaking lies, because he wants to remind me of my past, my past failures, my my past craziness. And the Bible says Jesus has come to set me free. So my question this morning is what kind of faith do we have? You know, I could probably take any one of you and set you behind this pulpit, and you're going to do a better job than me. You have the knowledge. You have the word. You have the experience of walking in the word. But what are we doing with it? You know, I was, talking to, I was talking to Eric the other day, and I said, man, it's kind of like, you know, if, if I was at a gas station, say I was down at Sheets." And I walk out of the store, and just as I'm walking out the store, out of the corner of my eye, I see somebody pull a gun out. And they're holding up the cashier at sheets, and holding everybody at bay. And it's like, oh, my gosh. So I'm stepping out. Well, here comes Mr. I. He starts walking in the door. Do you think I'm going to walk by? Hey, man, how you doing? I'll see you later. I don't care whether I know the person or I don't know the person. I'm going to tell him. Don't go in there. There's something bad going down. How many of you would be on the same page as me right now? All right, so here's a question. If that person goes in, they might get shot, if I didn't say anything. But if I told them, stay out of this store, they're not going to go in. How much more, how much more is eternal life? And do we take this message of salvation serious? You see, the days, the days of playing the game of hearing the message and not doing anything with it, it doesn't, it doesn't add up to me. It doesn't make sense to me. Like if we're sold out for the things of Christ, what are we doing with it? You know, the days of I'm tired of inspiration. I'm tired of inspirational messages there's a huge difference between inspiration and transformation. And it should be the messages that are preached here transforms lives. It's like the grace of God. The purpose for the grace of God is to transform the heart so I'm no longer the same person that I used to be. Sometimes it becomes difficult because as many messages that have been preached up here and things seem like they're kind of, I don't know, lukewarm or dead or whatever the case may be, and I know there's some of you in here that are sold out and you're on fire, Uh, I need to increase. Let me preach to myself some more. I'm the one that needs to increase. I need more. You see, I don't don't really fit out in the streets, but here's a bigger problem. I don't really fit in here. And it's like, where, where the heck do I fit? I fit in the kingdom of God. I'm a son of God. And he's called me to reach the lost. You know, when, when Jesus said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus didn't say, I come to seek and save those who were lost. He said, I come to seek and save that which was lost. Oh, what's the that? Let's go back in the garden. Adam and Eve, sons and daughters of God. He made him, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Made Adam and Eve in their own image. Just as they are three, we are three: spirit, soul, and body. God gave them dominion over the whole world. And at first, it was Adam. Basically, he gave Adam with a, the world with a fence around it. And God says, no, nah, this isn't good. I need to give you a helper. It was incomplete. Adam had everything. He had the world. He named the animals. He, he did whatever he wanted to do. And God says, no, this is incomplete. So God put Adam into a deep sleep, opened up his side, removed a rib, and he made women. You see, they carried that dominion all the way until the day that they believed the lie that the enemy spoke to them. And when they fell into sin, they lost that dominion. They handed that dominion over to Satan. You know, God knew that Adam and Eve were going to mess up. Because the Bible says, before the foundation of the earth was formed, the Lamb of God was slain. So God knew they were going to mess up. He was slain before the foundation of the earth was formed. And isn't it kind of ironic that the birth of Adam's wife came from his side, and God had to open that up. Isn't it kind of ironic, at the cross, the last thing that they did was they pierced the side of Jesus, and out of it flowed blood and water, and the bride of Christ was birthed, beginning of the church. All the way from the Old Testament, it's been foretelling about Jesus, who he is, what he is, talks about salvation let's take another one Noah like that was that was a pretty crazy one he speaks to Noah gives him the measurements on the on the ark can you imagine the backlash that he got from people walking by like what are you doing now? and and how long it took him to build that now anybody was welcome to come in and help but nobody did and that Ark represented salvation and when the floods came when the water came the door closed well the bible says that noah opened a window now i'm assuming that the window would have to be like on the upper half of the boat if it was on the lower half it'd probably take a little bit of water in But he opened a window on the top portion of the boat, and the last thing he released was a dove. The dove represents the Holy Spirit, right? Dove went out, brought an olive branch back. The next time, he sent it out, and the dove didn't come back. So he knew that it's time. Just as Noah had to open that window, open up the side of the ark, so was the side of Jesus opened up on Calvary. And the dove represents the Holy Spirit, and the olive branch represents peace and an anointing that we're to carry. So there's things all through the Old Testament. Like, I, I hear people say, well, we're in the New Testament. We're under grace. We're not under the law. And it's like the whole Testament is nothing but talking about the future of Jesus coming and, and who Jesus is and what Jesus is going to do. You know, I think sometimes, I'm going I'm to give you, a lot of you guys know this, but for those that you don't, uh, for me it works better if I use both hands. Uh, a lot of people say just make a circle like this with your with your hands. so I want you all to do this I want you to focus on something up here you know whether it's the words the pictures whatever and I want to I want you to take both hands Now, if you're normal, you just found out which eye is more dominant. And that's the way we see things. A lot of times, uh, people that enjoy shooting and things of that nature, that's the way they figure out which eye is the dominant eye. Now, the reason I'm telling that is, number one, and those of you didn't know, it's a pretty cool trick. And the second reason is, My question is, is which eye in us is dominant? An example that I want to use, and Chris, I hope you don't mind that I share this. If you do, take a number, get in line. Uh, We had prayer this week. You know, the guys were on the mission field. We had prayer every day this week. And uh, I was praying for Chris, and I asked, like, you know, what's up, what's going on? And she said, well, you know, since my dad had passed away, I have not been getting blood work done. So I went and I got blood work done, and the report wasn't good. And so she wasn't feeling so good. But watch this. Prior to her looking at that report, she was cool, feeling good, feeling strong, not feeling sick, not feeling run down. But when she read the report, all of a sudden, Everything changed. When I talk about this dominant eye that we have, we have two eyes. One is going to stand on the word of God and the promises of God. The other will submit to this kingdom on earth. You see, when the enemy speaks those lies into your ear, you're either going to see yourself as that, Or you're going to say, that was then, but it's not now. That's who I used to be. That's not who I am now. And some of you are here today, and you've messed up so many times. Me, personally, I don't really give a rip. I don't care if you messed up coming to church this morning. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to judge you. The truth of the matter is you're here in church. And, my, and my, my thing is this, like, how does God want to use me today? Here's the issue that I got. I, I came here to church last Sunday, and I sat in the back, and, and Jeff was sitting there. And we're just sitting there, and I wasn't saying nothing. And he said something to me. He looked over, and he says, dude, what's up with you? You look like you're going to cry. And I didn't realize it, but then I caught track of myself, and I'm like, wow, I am because my heart was breaking. I got caught up in conversation of people that were walking in. And it was not what I think that God wants us to have a conversation of. Like, I don't want to know about the last confrontation that you had. And I told my boss this is what he could do with his job, and he could just stick it, and I'm out of here. I don't need him. I don't need this. And I told Johnny that I work with, if you do that again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to whoop you. And she said this to me, and this is what I told her. And this person did this to me. And I said, no, no, we're not going to do that. I don't want to hear about your last encounter with a man or a woman. I want to hear about your last encounter with Jesus. That's the whole problem, guys. We're so caught up in the world. And we're talking about things that don't matter. And look, at the end of the day, if I'm talking smack on somebody, it's to make me feel better about myself simply because I'm insecure, and I just haven't figured out who I am in Christ. And the thing is, is God wants us to change, and the only way we're going to change is through the love of Jesus Christ. That's the only way. That's the only hope. And see, we're out here doing our thing, and we're running the streets or whatever we're doing. And it's like, why? Heaven went bankrupt for each one of us. Jesus loved us so much. He gave everything. He gave his life. How many people do you know that, honestly, I mean, you know, I hear husbands say all the time, oh, you know, I'd step in front of a bullet for my wife. And it's like, I don't know, man, because I see how some husbands treat their wives. So I question it, it's like, are you stepping in front of that to get away from her, to be with Jesus, or what's the deal here? Everything that we do in this walk, everything that we do in this life, it should be because of Jesus, the love for Jesus, the love of Jesus. You see, we get so caught up in, in, in rules and regulations and tradition and religion we forget about Jesus. And it's just like it's just like what Kim said up there when she stole my message. It's about spending time in the presence of the Lord, not just here on Sunday, but all week long. And what does that look like? I know so many people here that I talk to, and I, I don't I don't correct you, I don't rebuke you, but there's so many here that think that if I live a good life, I'm good? No. Absolutely not. Jesus said, in that day, there are many that will say, Lord, Lord. And he's going to say, depart from me, for I never knew you. And they kept the law. You see, the motivation for not sinning, the motive. Because you can't keep the law and be righteous in the sight of God. It says, therefore, now no one will be declared righteous in the sight by observing the law. But rather, through the law, we become conscious of what sin really is. So now I know what sin is, right? Now, I have a relationship with this beautiful woman in the back. And if somebody asked me, Dan, would you commit adultery? on Shelley. My answer is going to be no because the love I have for this woman I not only get to spend the rest of my life with her here but I get to spend eternity with her. And God bless her, pray for her because she probably needs it cuz she got to spend eternity with me. So there's a lot of you here now that you think I'm going to preach this message of condemnation. And everything that you've been trying to do in life, oh, i got to stop doing that. i got to stop doing this. It's like, you see, you're putting yourself under the law. It doesn't work. All right, if I get a drug problem, all right, I'm not going to do drugs no more. So what do I do? I go to a 12-step program. Am I free? Nope because I exchanged a 12-step program for my drugs. But the Bible says who the Son has set free is free. Indeed, if I want to be free, I need Jesus. I need to encounter that love of Jesus. That's the only thing that's going to change our lives. And listen, honestly, guys, am I telling you anything that you don't already know? Everybody in here knows this stuff. But how severe is it? in your heart. Try this one on. I'm not going to condemn anybody for the lifestyle they choose to live or whatever the case may be. If you're living a lifestyle that's wrong, you already know it, and here's why. Because the Holy Spirit lives in you, and the Holy Spirit is speaking truth to you. So what am I going to do? I don't even have the capacity of changing myself. How am I going to change anybody in here? It's the grace of God, the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God which transforms people. But watch how this works. Let's say Shelly and I weren't married. Let's say we're living together. And I have a couple people come up and say, you know that's ungodly. Well, you didn't have to tell me that because I already know that. But what if I had a relationship with Jesus, that I was so in love with Jesus that I wouldn't want to live with Shelley because I knew that it would be committing adultery with Jesus? Just as I have the potential of committing adultery with this woman, we commit adultery with the world and Jesus. That's the problem. We want to make this thing Jesus incorporated. I know it's a tough message, but man, I can't hold back a speaking truth. I can't do it. And there's some of us in here, we think, hey, we're golden. One, two, three, repeat after me, I said that prayer. Man, when Jesus said, many in that day will say, Lord, Lord. And I'm going to say, depart from me. It's like, did we really give our lives over? And the Bible talks about how you'll know this. Well, how do I know, Dan? How do I know if I'm saved or not? The Bible says that you'll know it by their fruits. Not keeping the law, but by their fruits. When you get a desperation in your heart to reach people for Christ, and it's in you, and you begin to act on that desperation, you see, show me your faith, I'll show you my works. When you see how important it is to reach the lost because you love them the way Jesus loves them, then you know You're not going to be one of the ones that says, Lord, Lord. And he says, depart from me, for I never knew you. To do the will of the Father. What's the will of the Father? God gave everything for us. Heaven went bankrupt for each and every one of us.
5: Tony. Hey, for you guys that don't know me, I'm Tony. This is my wife, Kim. Most people know us because we've been around for a while. And everybody thinks we're good. Everybody thinks that we're, we're, we're running with God. We're doing great. Our marriage is awesome. Two days ago, we about ended it. Two days ago, we were both done, like walking away from one another. We didn't want none, nothing to do with one another. I sat down and I prayed. I said, Lord, you got to do something. Show me that you're real. You got to make this work. Because without you, it's not going to work. About four hours later, he made it work. Wasn't I didn't want it to take that long. I wanted it right now. But you know, Kim and I now we're 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 trying to have that intimate time together with the Lord with just her and I. Even if it's for five minutes. And in the past two days it's brought us close. So I'm asking my family to hold us accountable and ask us that we pray together today. If you see one of us out and about, even on Facebook, text message, whatever it is, get at us and say, Hey, did you guys pray together today? Because God hates divorce. He wants our family to grow stronger. All of us. So if you're struggling in your marriage, if you're struggling in your relationships, take that time, pray together, be together, and allow Jesus to, to fix what, what you got wounded inside of you because we're both wounded people. So I love you guys and I appreciate you.
3: Well. See, that's what it looks like to step out of your comfort zone. Listen, guys, there's only one thing that anybody in here needs to get set free from it's not a lifestyle, it's not drugs, it's not alcohol. There's only one thing that you need to get set free from. It's so simple it's only one thing the only thing you need to get set free from is you holy spirit's just speaking loud to me and you see before i before i come to christ i could give you a list that won't end ambridge doesn't have enough paper to fill up the things that i did and God set me free. And people said, oh, He set you free from addiction. He sets you free from sexual immorality. He set you free from all this stuff. And it's like, no. He set me free from me. He set me free from who I used to be so that I could step into sonship of who He's created me to be. A lot of people think that you know what, in order for me to receive Christ, I got to stop doing this, stop doing it. I'll tell you what, I will visit you in a psych ward because you can't do it. It's impossible. It says who the son is set free is free indeed. It doesn't say who Brian Key set free, who Dan Lucas set free. It says who the son is set free is free indeed. So why why are we trying to Reinvent the Bible. Oh, I gotta stop doing this and this and this. Yeah, you're right. There's there's every one of us in here, there's things that we need to stop doing. But the motivation behind stop doing that has got to be because I love Jesus. I love Jesus. As much as I love this woman, I'm called to love Jesus more. And I can't love Jesus until I first step into his love. I don't care what we do in life. I don't care if it's your work.'t especially I don't care if it's ministry. If you are not ministering out of the love of Jesus, you're going to be one-on-one and say, but Lord Lord, there's two kinds of preachers and there's two kinds of believers. The first kind of preacher is sold out fully to the love of Jesus, and he wants to share the Word of God so that you get a revelation of the love of Jesus. The second kind of preacher, the first preacher, it's not a vocation, it's a calling. The second kind of preacher, it's a vocation. And he steps up on a stage, and he goes to the worship leader, This is the songs I want you to play. These are the things that I want you to do. This is how much fog I want to run. This is how the lights I want to look because I'm going to put on a big show today. And I'm not saying that God can't use that type of preacher, but I promise you he will be one of the ones that says, but Lord, Lord. There's two kinds of believers, those that are sold out to the things of the kingdom of God and those that show up for the show. It works both ways on any side of the fence. I can't stand by and preach a half a truth because that's a lie. But there's some of you in here today that have been struggling and struggling and struggling with the same thing over and over and over So I got two things for you. Number one, the only thing you need to be set free of is yourself. The second thing is, if you're wanting to quit this because it's the right thing to do, man, I don't don't even know, to be honest with you. And I don't want to say it, but I'd rather see you not even quit because you're doing it for the wrong reasons, and you're going to wind up relapsing. But if you're quitting, because you've experienced the love of Jesus and you understand Jesus and you love Jesus. Man, you're going to be up here preaching next Sunday. Bible says be prepared in season and out of season. Be prepared at all times. So, Danny, if I come up to you and hand you this mic, what message are you going to preach? See, that's what that scripture means. I don't know you. But if I hand you the mic, you got something in you, don't you? You could preach it, can't you? I think you can. You see, when you sit down and study the word, not for your benefit, but for the benefit of others, that's what it's about. Loving Jesus transforms you into something you've never, 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 never experienced before. Returning that love and loving him It's beyond comprehension. You can't understand it unless you've done it. And a lot of people say, I don't know how to do that. Well, here's an eye-opener. You can't. It has to be by the grace of God, which was purchased at the cross. And my whole thing is, we're so busy playing games with each other that we're not bold enough to step up and speak truth to each other. And when I hear people talking about things other than Jesus, the only word that I have for them as I walk by is, you need Jesus. Because I got nothing else, guys. I really don't. I wish there was a magic solution. I wish there was a pill that we could take. I wish there was a drink we could drink. But this walk with Jesus, this life with Jesus, they say it's a free gift of salvation. Nah. It costs you everything it cost you who you think you are does that make sense because who I thought I was was never who God created me to be so when I was willing to let go of who I thought I was then I began to understand who God created me to be there's callings in some of your lives that you've been running from because you don't feel worthy but i'm here to tell you that's just the enemy barking in your ear there's radical things that god wants you to do but you won't do it because you don't feel worthy am i present the question to you was jesus worthy if jesus was worthy God said that he has adopted us as his sons and daughters. So guess what? That makes us worthy through the blood of Jesus Christ. So now when I say I'm not worthy, I don't, I don't feel I'm qualified, then you're telling God, you're messed up. You made a mistake. I don't want to be the one that tells me that. <clears throat> what is it? Take. What does it take for people to get the true gospel message in their heart? What does it take to receive the fire of the Holy Spirit to where this becomes our life? We could listen to message after message after message after message. You're not qualified. Oh, you don't know what I did last night. So I'm going to throw Brian out on a, out on the field here. Brian Keith. He went. He went to the Philippines, right? Do you all know that uh, Brian called me on the way to New York catching a plane with his family? Do you all know that Brian called me and he said, hey, man, I know I didn't really talk to you that much today, uh, but I got something to tell you. And I'm like, all right, what's up? And he said, I died last night. And for those of you that don't know what that means is Brian overdosed the night before we laid hands on him and prayed for him to send them to the Philippines. They had to bring him back with Narcan. So don't tell me how jacked up you are. Don't tell me that you're not qualified. You see, when I grow up, I want to be just like Brian. You know, the Vikings, when they came in to do battle, they would burn their ship because they made a decision. We're not going back from where we came from We're going to burn the ship, which means we're either going to die here or we're going to possess the land here, but we ain't going back. Now, here's this man of God. He's getting ready to go back to the Philippines, and guess what? He's selling everything, including his house and his vehicle, to make ends to go to the Philippines. You know, since he's been back here, some of y'all, have donated money. And since he's been back here because of the donations, they got a I think it's a 25 by 20 building that they're gonna they're building a store. They put in two fish ponds with an existing fish pond that he got started with catfish. He sent over Rhode Island red chickens, he sent over rabbits. He's in the process of purchasing turkeys. And there's probably a lot more than I'm forgetting about. Yeah, that's the knucklehead that died the night before we laid hands on him and sent him out. You see, my whole point is, I don't care how jacked up you are. You don't know me. You don't know my past. You don't know how jacked up I was at one time. So when I grow up, I want to be just like Brian. I want to be a Viking. I want to burn the ship. I want to take possession of that land. You know, he got, a, he got blessed with a donation, and I'm not going to say who it was, but some of you have helped Brian and donated to Brian. But he called me up, and he said, hey, change of plans. And I said, what's up? And he said, well, with that money that we got, there's this mountain that these people haven't been reached. And I said, well, what's their religion? He said, I guess it's witchcraft. I said, OK. So he says, we can't get up the mountain. We tried on a motorcycle. Somebody has to sit on the front fender because it'll flip over. So he was able to purchase, and they're in the process of doing this, 400 pounds of rice and a way to get the rice up to the mountain. Now, let me ask you a question. These are people that probably never heard about Jesus. And here I am trying to share the gospel message and ask why do we not have the fire of God to see how important it is for people to reach the lost. You know, it's crazy. It's it's beyond my comprehension. Like if I stood up here and I said, hey, guys, God's just really been putting on my heart we're supposed to start a church in the Philippines. Who wants to go? Who wants to be the pastor? Oh, wait a minute. You mean leave here? Leave everything? thing behind. Yeah. Who's going to do that? But God has blessed us with a man of God, a woman of God, and their two children. And they're going to be going back pretty soon. If y'all don't know Brian and Rose, please get to know them. Because honestly, guys, that's a challenge to my faith. And it's, you know, I, I know I talked about this before, but it's just like There's only so much this man can do. Like he's been sending his money over to make this stuff happen. And it just hasn't been until recent days that we've been able to get other people involved and other money involved. But I promise you this, God honors the money that's being put out there to help these people. Imagine people that never heard the gospel message, and it's your fault that they get to hear the gospel message. One more thing, and I'm going to close. I know a man. I feel like I'm... I know a man 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body. I know know a man that uh, recently has rededicated his life to Christ and uh, had a conversation with him the other day. Now, he's doing the same things... uh, like as far as work goes, that he's always done. And he does a lot of stuff. He talks to a lot of people. And he helps a lot of people. And he made a statement to me the other day, and I could see it in his eyes. He said, Dan, I'm just, I just feel like I need to do more. And I thought, well, you never really had that before. So what's changed? Has the, the demand put on your life changed? The answer is no. What's changed was him. Because now he wants to do more, and the reason he wants to do more is because he possesses more. But he doesn't know that yet. And the thing is, is the only reason a person wants to do more and reach more is because that's who you are you're a son of God or you're a daughter of God. It all comes back to, guess what? You can't give what you don't possess. I could stand up here all day long and tell you about my past and how you shouldn't do this, 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 and this. I could stand up here and tell you about the love of Jesus because that's what's going to change your life. And once you receive Jesus, it's not your life anyways. You know, originally when I was getting a message together, Pastor Rick, you know, the first Sunday of every month we do communion. Oh, man, I forgot to make an announcement. This Friday we're, we're having church, Friday at 7 o'clock. Sorry, guys. Uh, so... Pastor Rick had text me, and he said, we're going to do communion and a healing service on Friday. I'm like, all right, cool. That, well, that didn't happen because right before he was getting on a flight this morning, he said, hey, change of plans. We're going to do like a testimony. I'm sure it's going to be what happened out in California. So somebody asked me this morning, are we doing communion? I said, I don't know. You tell me. That's, that's not my job. I kind of want to do communion, and I kind of don't want to do communion. And here's why. Because the question is, is do we truly understand what communion is? Do Do we take it serious enough? We drink the juice that represents the blood of Jesus that took away all of our sins. And we eat the bread which represents his body that was broken for us. The body that took 39 slashes. The body that was broken for our healing. And you know there's a scripture in the Bible that says many of you have fallen asleep in an unworthy manner. And it was simply because people were taking communion in an unworthy manner. They weren't prepared to take communion it became tradition it became religion and the last thing i want is for somebody to take communion and wind up dying i'd have to answer for that one i guess from pastor rick but the thing is 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 our hearts prepared and honestly guys i'd rather give like a week just so that everybody could prepare for taking communion. In other words, let's get our hearts right. Let's be prepared. And What does that look like? Let's go to the Last Supper. Jesus was sitting down with his crew. In every word that he spoke, they had the understanding, we're going to do this to the death. They had an agreement that they are willing to die for what Jesus represented. You see, I could only die for somebody that I love. And that's after I experienced the love that he has for me. But they made a commitment, they made an agreement that they were willing to die. And all of them did except one. They died a martyr's death. So I think rather than take communion today, why don't we just take a week and let's get our hearts right. Let's, let's ask God about what's this, what's this love of Jesus thing? You see, if I quit this, 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 and this because it's just the right thing to do, Then I'm just going through the motions, and I don't want to go through the motions with my wife, and I know I shouldn't go through the motions with Jesus. If I'm going to make some lifestyle changes, it should be because he loves me and I love him, and I'm spending time with him. Some of you are getting this. Some of this is over your heads, but that's okay. I know God wants to do a work here today. There's a scripture that I spoke to Charlotte this morning. Uh, You know that scripture where it says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you? We all know that one, right? Because you always hear it preaching. For those of you that have something going on with your body, whether it be sickness, disease, aches, pains, whatever, the second part of that scripture where it says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, and it says, And he, the Spirit, will quicken or give life to your mortal body. Do you realize that's one of the benefits of having the Holy Spirit is healing? It says it right there in the Word. Like, if you want to debate, we could debate. I'm not up for it myself. But he will quicken your mortal body. And sometimes there's some of you here that need to hear that this morning. This young man up here needed to hear this this morning at prayer because he was going through something. He went home, and it was a revelation to him. He went home, checked himself. He came back, and he said, I'm healed. I didn't pray for him. I spoke the word of God to him. Our perception of God's approval is so jacked up Because we look in the mirror and see our past. And the Bible says, study to show yourself approved. If you study the word, you'll realize you already are approved. That's why he's calling us to study his word so we could see ourselves as he sees us. And we're no longer holding back. We're stepping out. We're going after it. Hey, Trey, when you're done messing around over there, if you could. Man, it's good to see a couple in love. Glory to God. What's the daggers for? You're allowed. You're married. It's all good. Here, here Kurt, Kurt's got something.
6: We've talked a lot about community today. I'm going to tell you something Uh, I came from a church that I thought that was exactly where God called me to be when I was at that church I actually heard God speaking to me that this is where he wanted me to be and I'm going to tell you what revealed that to me the first time before I went for my first operation I called Dan and I said, where are you at? He said, I'm at church. I said, I'd like you to pray for me before we go for that first test. He said, I'm at church. I said, I'll be down in about five minutes. I come in, bear in mind, I had only been to one Bible study in this church. I virtually knew no one in this church. When I walked in that door, There were ten people sitting up here to pray for me. And there are four other people that prayed for me over the phone. Now the next thing I'm gonna say, you're never too old to learn. I accepted Christ when I was nine. I never come back to Christ till I was thirty. Dan revealed something to me in that hospital that turned a light on my head. He said, You think you're here to be operating on. He said, that's not why you're here. He said, you're here to tell people about Jesus. Since the day he spoke that into my mind, no matter what doctor's office I go to, no matter where I go, I don't focus on being there to hear them what's happening in my life. I wanna tell them what Jesus has done. And I'll tell you what, You have no idea. And I'm not downing any church. I know every church is there for a reason. But I'll tell you right now, if I were to drop dead right now before I'm done talking to you, I know that God brought me here to die here. And that's just the way I feel. So I just wanted to say that we're talking a lot about tradition and family. One other thing. I'm sitting over here. I had a guy before the service started that came from that back side of the church to pray for me before the service ever started. Saturdays they give out food here. Saturdays they didn't give out food. I come every Saturday to get cookies for my grandson. There was a lady in this church that baked me cookies to take home to give my grandson because I wasn't able to get him there that day, yesterday. So you talk about community. This is truly a community. And I just hope that we grow in faith. We grow in love for another, and we grow to understand. I finally realized I'm here for one purpose. is to tell people about Jesus. And then it's up to the Holy Spirit to work in their life to draw them to. I'll tell you one other thing. Something that Dan really turned on, my, turned me onto. I came here specifically because Pastor Rick gave an altar call every Sunday. That's why I left the place. I left because they wouldn't do that. Okay. Dan turned my light on to something. I have a daughter that has accepted Christ when she was 78 years old. Made that sinner's prayer. I mean, in 1978. She has never touched the doors of a church since then. So that's kind of changed my mind. It's not the sinner's prayer that makes it matter. It's what the heart is that says that prayer that makes it matter. So I just I'm gonna say right now, for anyone here, if you have a sinner's prayer and you come forward to accept Christ, you better understand that you want to commit your life to Christ. And I'm saying this over 80 years of experience. I know everyone's but I'm just telling you where my heart is today. You need to understand that when you understand that Christ shed his blood on the cross for you, you're no longer yourself. You no longer belong to yourself. You belong to Jesus, and you need to tell everybody about that. I love you all.
3: Thanks, Kurt. See, I, I didn't even have to be up here today, guys. There's, there's so much fire that's on the inside of some of you. Honestly, we could have just handed the mic around the church this morning and everybody could have just given a word. That's what it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to look like. Uh, there's a, I'm just gonna release you now, but I also wanna have a time of prayer. Uh, Brian and Rose, if I get overwhelmed up here, I need you up here, and then anybody else who wants to pray, Kim, Tony, Shelly, obviously, we're one. I didn't have to say your name. We're already connected. If there's anybody here that, like, if this message hits you today, and it's just like, man, I don't know the love of Jesus, I'm going to ask you to, as Trey begins to play the music. I'm going to ask you to come up, man. You know, can we get real with God? Maybe, maybe you were one of the ones in the church that bought into that one, two, three, repeat after me. Okay, when I die, I go to heaven. Sorry. But Lord, Lord, depart from me. I never knew you. Guys, it's not about dying and going to heaven. If that's the case, I'd be gone a long time ago. It's about living and letting heaven come into you so that you could change the world. We can't compromise anymore. Like if y'all want salvation or if anybody wants more of God, anybody wants to experience the joy of the Lord, anybody wants to experience any of the above, I'm going to ask you to come forward so that I can pray with you. And you guys know when I pray, I'm not Want to go down the line and hit everybody. So if there's a line up here, y'all got to help me out because I'm just not I'm not wired that way. Oh, uh, but some of you've been carrying some burdens with you. Most of the burdens that you're carrying with you. I want to make sure I get this right. The stuff that that's weighing you down. The stuff that's on your shoulders this morning, the burden that you walked into this building with, it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with, peop- with what people have said about you and how people have treated you. And that's why you have a heavy heart this morning. And the only reason you could have a heavy heart from that is because you're not free from yourself. So sometimes it's just as simple as coming forward and being set free from the things that weigh you down, or being set free from yourself. I know that's gonna like make a few of you step out of your comfort zone, but everything that anybody needs is up here right now. And the question is, is Are you willing to step out of your comfort zone to receive what God has for you? You Y'all could leave if you want to leave. You could stay in worship if you want to stay in worship. I know there's some of you are kind of antsy you get out of here because that airplane should be touching down pretty soon. That's not permission to leave. You stole my message, you got a book, you stay where you're at. glory to God. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to me. I I know it was a little confusing this morning, but that's okay. I'm sure the Holy Spirit brought the message to you. But if any of you need anything at all, healing in your body, just need your heart to be lightened, whatever the case is, give your life to Christ. And not saying that simple repeat after me thing. I mean, truly giving your life to Christ. Some of you think you've done it already, but you really haven't. Is Jesus the Lord of your life or is he just your Savior? You know, is it about dying and going to heaven or is it about standing firm and saying, no, I want heaven to come into me so that I could change the world. Guys, I got news for you. I have plans of going to the Philippines after Brian and Rose get back. And I pray to God. Father, when I get older, whenever I don't want to die in a sick bed, I want to go out of this world as a ball of fire. And I believe that God spoke to my heart, and he said, you'll die on the mission field. Now, whatever mission trip that is, I don't know. I don't care. I've got one life to live. And until we begin to take life serious enough, like today may be your last day, and this is usually where I try to guilt you into receiving Jesus Christ. No, I'm on the other side of the fence today may be your last day to share the love of Jesus. This might be the last day that you have an opportunity of showing somebody the love of God to bring them to the kingdom of God. Because I believe when we stand before God, there's going to be many, many, many that are standing there that you were called to reach, you were called to reach and you were called to reach. Man, What a beautiful woman. She's awesome. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. So God knows the things that you've been through in life. And this isn't about just saying a prayer, one, two, three, repeat after me. This is about, like, dude, I don't want my life, so I'm giving it to you. So I just want you to pray this, Father God.
4: Father God,
3: I come to you.
4: I come to you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus,
3: I confess within my mouth.
4: I confess within my mouth
3: that Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is Lord,
4: and I believe. And I believe
2: that you raised him.
4: That you raised him on the third day. On the third day, Jesus. Jesus. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Come into my life. I give you my life. I give you my life.
3: And I receive you.
4: And I receive yours. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Come and fill me. Come and fill me. In
3: Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. There's a party going on in heaven, and there's a party going on here. Glory to God. Hey, listen, guys. There's one other thing. This week, I want to put a challenge out to you. Uh, the baptismal's over there, and I think the last person who was baptized in that was Paul's wife, Annette. And since then, we haven't done nothing with the water, but that's like between three and 400 gallons of water. I don't want to dump it because it costs a lot of money to fill back up, but I will make... Man, you guys you guys oh. I promise that I'll come in this week. I'll clean all the bugs out. I'll shock the water and it'll be crystal clear next Sunday. If you all promise me that you will try to reach somebody for Christ and to bring them to church next Sunday so that you can baptize them it's not the pastor's job to baptize people and don't be afraid see this is about growing this is about discipleship if you need help with that pastor rick or myself will be right there by your side you can't mess it up it's impossible to mess up so i'll be willing to do that get that squared away are you guys willing to try to reach out this week and try to share the word of god and ask people have you ever been water baptized Are you guys willing to do that? Glory to God. All right, Trey. Let's see what God's going to do now. Are you going to steal my song, my message? (laughs) Anybody that needs anything at all, just come forward. It doesn't have to be, you know, I'm not saying, oh, if you're bound by pornography, come up. You don't have to be embarrassed. This covers everything. This is. This is anything, anything, any sickness in your body. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're lacking. You're just tired. You're in, a, you're in the rut. You want things to change for you. Don't be shy. Come on up. God has what you need here.
2: got to move your car, because sure, you got to go get Ricky, and she's up uh, in a driveway. would give it to you.
1: God, what shades of his glory, wakes us with mercy and love, Jesus loves. Who holds the orphan, comforts the widow, cries for injustice, fills every sorrow, carries the pain of his children. The sun. praise to the Spirit. Understands the heart of the sinner, showers his grace all over all sins, washes us clean with his blood, Jesus. You come around dry bone of the light, deserts, paradise, stones just erupt in race. Cause When you come around, my heart stops, beat again, long stretch breathe again, stones just deep. i mm-hmm.